Yo, 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 football fans, Big D back with our weekly edition of the Big D podcast. But before I bring in Alex, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. See all my content, football, baseball, golf, swimming, NASCAR. Also check out the Big D podcast on Spotify and Apple. So uh, back from waddling after his Miami Dolphins pulled off an amazing comeback against the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Alex, have you recovered from said game yesterday? Uh, you know, Dylan, I, I don't think I have. I'm, I'm still kind of shaking a little bit. Uh, I've been watching NFL Network all morning, just reliving the moments, reliving the moments. I will say greatest football game I think I have ever seen in my entire life. So uh, it's going to take a little while to uh, to uh, recover from that, probably up until Sunday when we uh, have to play Buffalo. But, uh, you know, no, I, I think no is the answer. I'm still hyped. Well, um, if for those of you who didn't see the game yesterday, Miami Miami – was down 21 points on multiple occasions, including 25, including 35 to 14. And then all of a sudden, Miami finished the game scoring 28 of the last 31 points. Two of finding Tyreek Hill and Jalen Water, Water, in fact, two of through six touchdowns, which uh, tied a franchise record by a couple of guys you might have heard of. I, I don't remember those names in the in Dolphin Law. Uh, just, you know, uh, Dan Marino and uh, Bob Greasy, two Hall of Famers. Uh, no big deal, right? Yeah, so um, I'm, oddly enough for Miami, the game did not solve off well because you gave up a 103-yard kickoff return to Devin Duvernay. So what were you thinking when the Ravens returned the opening kick? You know, obviously, you know, you sit down on the couch at one o'clock and uh, before 15 seconds come off the clock, you're already down 17 or seven, nothing. It's not a great feeling to have, but, you know, I knew it was a long football game. I knew that there was plenty and plenty and plenty of football to come. And boy, I did not expect what was coming after that. That's for sure. But definitely, yeah, not a great feeling to uh, to give up a uh, 103 yard kickoff return for a touchdown off the right out of the gate. Hey, hey, at least your defense didn't have to be on the field at that point. Yeah. I mean, at least for the first half, I mean, it, we didn't really want our defense on the field at all, to be honest, because uh, it was a rough first half, man. It was a rough first half. Yeah, Lamar running and throwing through for 318, three scores, nine nine rushes for buck 19, another score. Found Bateman and Mark Andrews were big, but – how about the Miami comeback in the second half, especially the fourth quarter? Like it seemed like two was was hitting haymakers. Like he's finding Tyree, he's finding water all over the field. I, I mean, when the game was thirty-five to twenty-one, and two have found Tyree for that first bomb, I knew at that point Miami was going to win the game. Yeah, I mean, I was obviously, you know, when you when you sign a guy or trade for a guy like Tyreek Hill in the offseason, those are the plays that you're expecting. Those are the plays you're looking for. Not only did we get one of them, but we got two of them, two of them, if you will. But um, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's where do you start when you start talking about this football game? I mean, I will tell you, I, I'm going to be completely transparent. I'm going to be completely honest with you, Dylan. I was sitting there on my couch at halftime. 
throwing some pizza rolls in the toaster oven, um, thinking, I don't, I'm not sure. And I, and it hurts me to even say this, but sitting there at halftime, I'm thinking, you know, we have all of these weapons, the offenses look suspect. The defense can't stop anything is two of the guy. Maybe, maybe what, what people are saying about him could be true. And then Tua Tonga Vailoa did exactly what Miami Dolphins fans have been asking him to do exactly what the NFL media and fans of other teams have said he can't do. Tuscaloosa Tua came out to shine in the fourth quarter of that football game. Two bombs to Tyreek Hill, an absolute beautiful touchdown pass to Mike Kosicki in the back of the end zone, who went jump man for that ball. The game-winning touchdown to, to Jalen Waddell, the spin move on the touchdown to River Craycraft. I mean, Tua just River Craycraft, that sounds that sounds like a fisherman, not a football player. Yeah, I mean, he was he was fishing fishing touchdowns yesterday. I mean, it, Tua did everything that football fans said he couldn't do. Everything that everything that Mike McDaniel and company said he could do, Dolphins fans have been saying he can do. It all came to shine yesterday in the fourth quarter, specifically of that football game. You know, I have to give a massive shout out to, to Lamar Jackson, because if it wasn't for the absolute heroics of Tua Tungvaluwa in, in that fourth quarter, Lamar Jackson would be the story across the NFL yesterday. I mean, he played a ridiculous football game. And the biggest thing about Lamar is, you know, he can run the 79 yard touchdown run. You know, it's it's something that you hate to see when you're playing against it, but you have to respect at the same time, because there's not very many players in the history of the NFL who can make a play like that. But his throwing yesterday, he, Lamar's gotten criticism for, for, you know, his accuracy, for how well he can throw the ball. He was putting dots out there on the field. I mean, the touchdown to uh, Rashad Bateman when he shook Xavier Howard out of his cleats practically was on the money, led him in stride. It seemed like every throw Lamar was making, whether it was to Mark Andrews, was just a, an absolute precision pass. I mean, Lamar played out of, the, out of his mind yesterday. He would have been the story across the NFL if it wasn't, like I said, for, for two is heroics. But, you know, it, it, it's got to be that, that that's why we love football. That, I mean, games like that, when it's just an absolute just historical moment, it's just it's fun to watch. It's why we love this game. So what was your instantaneous reaction when water caught the game winning touchdown? Because uh, I, I mean, hear I hear it destroyed the Internet. Yeah, there, there's a there's a video um, that I I kind of got blackmailed with. I sent it to a buddy, and he said, "If you don't post this, if you don't post this video, I'm going to." So it was a little bit against my best judgment, but uh, there is a video. I'm not sharing it. I already shared it once. It's on Twitter. You can find me. But uh, definitely did a little bit of waddling, did a lot of bit of yelling, and uh, there might be a couple of explicatives. Expl expl you know, a couple beep words in that video as well. But, um, you know, it's just, like I said, it's the most exciting football game I've seen in my entire life. It's the greatest victory that the Dolphins had in my entire life. And it's just a culmination of everything the Dolphins fans have been hoping that this team can, can provide. And it all came to light in, in the fourth quarter, really, of that football game. So, I mean, it was just pure passion, pure joy, pure happiness. Uh, 26 years worth of, of uh, waiting for a moment like that. So. I don't take it back. Did you put it on TikTok? It's not on TikTok. Uh, you know, it's uh, maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll make its way there eventually. But I, I left it for the Twitter world at least for now. <laughs>
but you know, I just, you know, I, we, I know we got to move on. There's, there's a lot of stuff we got to talk about, but I just, you know, it's two tongue of Iloa, six touchdown passes. Like you said, equals Dan Marino equals Bob Greasy for most in franchise history. The dolphins are the first team in NFL history to have a player record 400 yard, 400 plus passing yards, five plus passing touchdowns in the same game as two teammates receiving for over 170 plus yards and two plus receiving touchdowns. It's one of those crazy stats on a Thursday night at 9:43 PM, but you know, it's, it's, it's a crazy stat. That is just something that uh, you have to really just kind of be in awe of, because I think that's what Ravens fans definitely were. The NFL definitely was. And uh, the Miami Dolphins are here, baby. But, you know, enough about my team, you know, uh, you know, the Miami Dolphins weren't the only Florida team making some noise yesterday. Uh, let's go a little bit up north to uh, Duval County, where your Jacksonville Jaguars put on quite the show yesterday, didn't they? Keeping the Indianapolis Colts to a goose egg. Talk to me about that, Dylan. Well, for, well, the Indianapolis Colts can never win in Jacksonville. I don't care if it's uh... – Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Jacoby Bissett, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, or Colson Wentz. They're not winning in Duval County because for some reason, like Tom Brady's kryptonite for all those years was either Miami or Denver or Bill Belichick's kryptonite was Miami. Then in the Atlas Colts kryptonite is Jacksonville, Florida. Get them away. The Colts do not want any part of Jacksonville, Florida. You look at week one, 20, week one, 2020, Jacks beat the Colts following when the last season, week 18, guess what team knocked the Colts out of the playoffs? Jacksonville Jaguars. The team I have to ask Dylan, I mean, I know, obviously, being a Jaguars fan and knowing that the Colts struggle in Jacksonville, you had to have at least been somewhat optimistic going into the game, just based on the history alone. But, you know, with Jonathan Taylor coming to play, obviously coming to play, Matt Ryan is probably one of the better quarterbacks that uh, from that carousel of quarterbacks the Colts have had since the uh, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck days. Even though the Colts were banged up, even though, um, you know, it, the game was in Jacksonville, how confident were you going into that game that the Jaguars were going to take it? And if I told you that the Jaguars would have won that game 24 nothing, would you believe me before kickoff? I wouldn't. Have, I, I was confident the Jaguars, Jaguars would win, but nobody would have predicted a shutout. Yeah. But Jacksonville's last shutout, I believe, was 2017 against – the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah, I believe so. We'll have to have our uh, research department uh, back you up on that one, but uh, we could put that in the comments section on the Spunky Spectrum Sports Network, which we did not <laughs> in this show. By the way, Alex, I hate to say it, but Matt Ryan's dust. He's like, he could play golf with Big Ben, Phil Rose, and all those old guys. Matt Ryan looks like he's about 95. He yeah. did not look good yesterday. The Cole offense line, which looked like a strength the last several years. Oh, Maybe they, I mean, Matt Ryan was 16-30 for 195 and three picks while being sacked five times. 
And meanwhile, that guy, that other guy from Clemson, I, I don't remember his name. I, I think his initials are TL. I'm confused. Uh, Goldilocks? Is that who you're thinking of? No. No. <laughs> My mom calls him Fabio, but uh, Trevor Lawrence went uh, 25-34, 235, two scores for a 95.3 QPR. Not bad. Not bad. Five incompletions on the day. You can never be upset about that. And to me, you know what all what helped Jacksonville yesterday was the Jack. If you would have told me the Jacks would have outgained the Colts on the ground, I would have said, "You're crazy." Yeah. But Jackson ran the ball. I mean, neither team ran the ball great. I mean, Indianapolis only ran the ball thirteen times. The Jags ran thirty-seven, but we beat the Colts on the ground. And Indianapolis yeah. needs a strong running game because the Colts are not Colts didn't have anybody really with Michael Pittman out. So I knew the Jags could stay even or ahead on the ground game, they were gonna win. And Jackson's got monsters on the end with uh, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. Oh boy. How would you like to stop those guys for the next because Josh Allen, a menace, a couple more sacks yesterday. The defense playing so well. I mean, wasn't this the same Trayvon Walker that uh, you weren't too psyched about when it, when it was draft day, Dylan? Uh, don't remind me. Hey, <laughs> Aiden Hutchinson sat Carson Wentz three times yesterday. But you absolutely nailed it when it came to Carson Wentz because, I mean, obviously I was a little uh, occupied from the uh, 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock slate. But, um, you know, just based on catching some replays and catching some things back, I mean, I saw one sack that you guys had on Carson Wentz, where Carson Wentz, on uh, Matt Ryan, where he folded like a, like a lawn chair. I mean, he, his mobility, he looks slower than Tom Brady as when it comes to his mobility. I mean, obviously throwing the three interceptions, I mean, you got to be happy winning the turnover battle three to nothing. I mean, having that clean, that clean level of football, is something that I know your coaching staff is always going to love. Uh, it's, I mean, 24, nothing. The fact, like you said, you, you outrush Jonathan Taylor. I mean, there's probably a lot of, a lot of people who, um, uh, lost in their survivor pools this week, I'll say, because I you lost my, you mean the people who didn't, the people who didn't use the Colts in week one. Exactly. You're, you're right about that. I mean, I even lost in my eliminator because I had Cleveland over the Jets, which is a completely another game that we haven't even mentioned yet. But I Good mean, Lord, how the Browns lost that game, but we'll leave it at that. Well, we may talk about it, but we'll see. Yeah. But I mean, just an absolute clinic, honestly, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, if I'm in, the, if I'll tell you what, if I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan right now, I am sweating because we are all one in one. I mean, it's, it's you just got shut out by the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I'm sorry, whether it's in Duval County or not. I mean, I think every Colts fan at least had somewhat of an expectation or, or a belief that they would win that game yesterday. And to lose 24 nothing to the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, A, I'm, I'm putting the respect on Jacksonville and giving you all the credit. But, boy, I am scared if I'm a Colts fan and I want Michael Pittman healthy as soon as possible. And maybe I want maybe I want a new quarterback and coach. Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden the AFC South. I mean, you've got. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! We're the only team with a win in all division. Yeah, I know. It's. I mean, after week two, the Jaguars on top of that. That's exactly where I was going. The Jaguars are on top of the AFC South. I mean, 
as of the time where we are recording this podcast, the Miami Dolphins are on top of the ASC East with Jet with uh, Buffalo playing tonight. But um, you know, it's 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 the NFL, man. Crazy stuff can happen, and it's uh, it's been an exciting season, even though it's only two weeks in so far. Okay, so besides all teams, uh, quickly, uh, what game stood out the most for you yesterday? Ah, oh, man, there's so many to pick from. I. I would have to say, I think the biggest one for me has got to be the Cowboys Bengals. I mean, Cooper Rush taking on Joe Burrow. We knew that we saw the disappointment from week one in the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow obviously having the sixth turnover game. I think everyone going up against the Dallas Cowboys team who just lost their starting quarterback. I think everyone was expecting a bounce back game from, uh, from Joe Burrow and company yesterday. And the fact that, yes, it was home. It was, it was the Dallas Cowboys stadium, but having to rely on your backup quarterback without uh, Dak Prescott playing against a team who was in the Super Bowl last season. I mean, it was just, uh, I mean, credit to the Cowboys credit to, to Cooper rush because the man played a great football game. And I, I, I don't know where I'm thinking if I'm Bengals fans at this moment either, because you're sitting at 0-2. You don't have the easiest schedule because you won the division last year. You were a, a Super Bowl team. So you've got a tough strength to schedule this upcoming season. I mean, I'm a little bit nervous if I'm, if I'm Bengals fans, and I'm definitely celebrating this win if I'm Cowboys fans. I don't think Cincinnati should be worried. I mean, yeah, the offense line's an issue, but Joker, remember, Joker came back from appendectomy, so you knew he'd be a little rusty. Bengals are fine. They're still the class of that division. I mean, Baltimore's secondary looked like mincemeat in the second half against your Dolphins. Uh, Pittsburgh may or may not change quarterbacks by the time Thursday night comes around. And the Browns always choke. <laughs> You're right. But you know what might have been the uh, – you know what might have been the game – Maybe even crazier than your Dolphins game. How about Arizona Vegas? Because oh. it looked like it looked like Arizona calls were going to start 0-2, and everybody was going to say Cliff Kingsbury can't coach, Kyler Murray can't play. Well, how about that performance? This fourth quarter in Las Vegas yesterday, because that was Kyler Murray. In a hostile environment, basically going and putting his team on his back and maybe saving Arizona season. Absolutely. What, because the Raiders got up 20 to nothing, and then Tyler just made play after play. Found Greg Dorch for a five-yard touchdown. And then after Raider field goal, which put him up 16, the corners needed two touchdowns, two-point conversions, and two two-point conversions. Touchdown number one, check. Touchdown number two, check. Which took like an hour, ended the game, took like an hour and a half. And then on the second two-point conversion, I don't think I've ever seen a, a play from the two-yard line take, take longer than Kyler Murray's scamper in the end zone. That play took an hour that play took forever, and then Arizona got a two-point conversion. Oh, yeah, and in overtime, Isaiah Simmons calls a fumble on Hunter Renfro, and then Byron Murphy scooped and scored. And then for a minute, I thought he almost Deshaun Jackson when he let go of the ball. Yeah. 
in Texas Stadium. I'm like, oh no, did he just did he just let go of the ball on the one yard line? <laughs> but touchdown, Covenant's win went and potentially saved the season because now everybody's one and one in the NFC West. So a big game for you, a big comeback win for Arizona, and maybe an even bigger game week three hosting the Rams in Glendale. Absolutely. I mean, I just want to touch on those two-point conversions again because, I I mean, you mentioned the Kyler Murray where he was running for his life. I mean, he looked like Bo Jackson in the old Tecmo Bowl games where he could just run all around the field and no one could ever catch him. I mean, that two-point conversion and then hitting A.J. Green in the back of the end zone with an absolute dart on that first two-point conversion was – was or on the second two-point conversion, I'm sorry, was absolutely beautiful. I mean, the defense – you know, Kyler Murray obviously mounted the comeback against the Raiders, but the defense really stepped in and saved the, saved the day in overtime. I mean, uh, you, you, I think you uh, – you definitely matched me there with a with a fantastic uh, with another fantastic finish. I mean, this week was full of fantastic finishes. But shout out to the uh, Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, and company taking down the Las Vegas Raiders, who now sit at zero and two in a division where obviously was the, the talk of the town in the NFL going into this season. Now you have the Raiders sitting at zero and two, the Denver Broncos who lost to Seattle week one and squeaked out a game again this season do not look like the football team we expected them to be Kansas City's still looking strong and uh you know the Chargers you never know what's going to happen with the Chargers man they seem to be the most unpredictable team in the NFL but it's you know this division might not be looking as mighty as we might necessarily thought but you know there's been so many games there's been so many fantastic performances this season and this week in particular, but there's one performance who I know you are not happy about. And one thing that I know you, uh, one of our favorite segments on this show is the weekly rant. And I know you have a weekly rant that you are all ready for. So there's a certain man in Atlanta, Georgia, who is disappointing Dylan. And I, and he wants to rant about it. Dylan, the floor is yours. Think back to, uh, do you remember the 2021 NFL draft, Alex? I sure do. Who was the number four pick? Who was the first down quarterback taken in that draft behind Trevor, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance? A player from the University of Florida Gator football team, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and uh, he's supposed to catch passes, right? He sure is. Well, Well, what have the Atlanta Falcons done the first two weeks? In getting Kyle Pitts some help, some help because somebody explained to me how he has become how he's become the biggest decoy in NFL history. He yeah. was the number four pick in 2021. I'm just saying, same draft class. Jamal Chase, we've seen what he can do. Jalen Water, we've seen what he can do with your Dolphins. But Kyle Pitts has gone incognito in Week One against the Saints. Week one, week one, week one, Kyle Pitts called two passes for 19 yards. Yesterday in Los Angeles, gets how many passes Kyle Pitts called? Two for 19 yards. Somebody explain to me how the belief can Kyle Pitts only have two catch for 19 yards. And, all, and I hear Arthur Smith saying, it's not fantasy football. You're trying to win the game, blah, 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 blah. You know what? 
If Kyle Pitt, if you're using Kyle Pitts as the biggest decoy in NFL history, you're a bleeping moron. You shouldn't be coaching the NFL. You should be an offensive coordinator with the Tennessee Titans. Hand the ball to Derrick Henry. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you've got a weapon, let's see. What did the Miami Dolphins do yesterday? They they didn't give the ball to the fourth-string wide receiver. Tyreek Kill and Jalen Waller caught everything. What did Justin Jefferson do week one against the Packers? He caught everything. What is Cooper Cup doing most weeks? Catching everything. Why are the Atlanta Falcons not using Kyle Pitts? You're not going anywhere this year. Marcus Mariota is not winning a Super Bowl. And yes, Drake London's a really good young player. But Kyle Pitts is the best player on your freaking football team. And if he's not, and trust me, he might not be on my fantasy team. But he's on a lot of people's fantasy, best ball, dynasty, redraft teams. And why is Kyle Pitts only having four catches for 30 yards for the first two games? If he doesn't at least triple his output against Seattle next week, somebody should be fired. Somebody should be fired. You can't fire the quarterbacks and maybe maybe a change there. But somebody's got to be fired. Otherwise, you're wasting Kyle Pitts' career. You can't waste a top five talent. Why the Atlanta Falcons keep wasting? Well, I mean, you could argue they wasted the last few years of Matt Ryan's career because they didn't give him help until it was too late. And now Kyle Pitts is basically being used as a decoy. Somebody explain them afterwards. It doesn't make sense. I mean, I completely agree with you. I mean, the fact that the Atlanta Falcons had Kyle Pitts as their fourth most productive target yesterday behind a guy who I have to look up his first name, uh, Kaderil Hodge, uh, was more productive. Who the heck is Kaderil Hodge, please? And Olamide Zacchaeus, who, you know, has been a, a name that floats around the NFL circles for a couple of seasons. But the fact that Kyle Pitts, two for 19, has been less productive than that, and the fact that you that you're missing Calvin Ridley on a first off a bogus suspension, but either way, a full year long suspension. You lose your top receiving target. Obviously, you don't have Julio Jones in Atlanta anymore. You draft Kyle Pitts to be that guy. You draft him to be your star. Obviously, yes, Drake London. You know he's a fantastic rookie receiver. He's going to be the, the main wide receiver target. But Kyle Pitts isn't a blocking tight end. Yes, he's a decent blocking. Yes, he can block a guy, but. You draft Kyle Pitts because of his ability to catch the football. I mean, it's just, it's mind-blowing to me. It's shocking, I think, to Falcons fans and really, like you said, fantasy owners. I mean, you got to get that man the football. And if you're really trying to win football games, if you're saying it's not about fantasy football, if you're trying to win football games, you should probably be getting the ball to one of your best players. How about these stats? Kyle Pitts has been on the field for 88% of the Falcons' snaps. 57 routes on 69 Mariota dropbacks, but got six targets for 438. What kind of crap is that? I can't answer that question for you, Dylan. I mean, you know, these guys are getting paid millions of dollars to make these decisions, and it seems like you and me are uh, kind of scratching our heads over here thinking, you know, I think I might even be able to come up with a better game plan than that. Maybe, maybe, maybe these guys should be playing Madden more often during the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, I mean, what kind of talk? I mean, 
you see the Dolphin wide receivers getting like ridiculous talking shares. Devontae Adams got a ridiculous talking share in week one. But Kyle Pitts can't get anything. And the crazy thing about it too is, I mean, yes, you, I mean, you're playing against the, the the reigning Super Bowl champions in the in the LA Rams. You're down big early in the game, all of a sudden 28 to three, a number that uh, the uh, Atlanta Falcons are very familiar with, by the way. But all of a sudden you start mounting this big comeback. It looks like, wait, is, is the, are the Atlanta Falcons finally going to redeem themselves from the 28 to three? Are they going to have their own 28 to three comeback themselves? You don't have a necessarily the most reliable running game in the NFL. Cordell Patterson is a decent little player, but it's not like you have a, a Derrick Henry or a Jonathan Taylor back there to really carry your offense. I mean, it just blows my mind how you're on, you're mounting this comeback. You're having the ability to, to, to make these big plays. You're, you're having some sort of success throwing the football. I mean, at least enough to, to, to come back on the reigning Super Bowl champions and make it a close football game. And you don't give the ball to your stars when the game is on the line. It's just, I don't have the answer for it. I hope the Atlanta Falcons coaching staff has the answer for it because it's going to be a long season and there's going to be uh, fans calling for head coach heads by the end, of, but and not even by the end of the season, about halfway through this season if things stay the same. Yeah, please give Kyle Pitts more targets. Otherwise, get otherwise let somebody else coach because I can figure out a way of getting Kyle Pitts the ball. I'll take that guy on my team. Yeah. <laughs> now I feel like you yesterday. Oh. NFL man, it's 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 we live we live it we love it and it I mean it's 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 fun. I, I'm so happy football is back. It's so great to be on these podcasts talking talking with you uh, about the crazy events of of week two, week one, week three coming up at the NFL season, man. Now only I have to win the guillotine league because you're eliminated. Yeah, I am. I am out. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my championship run last season did not carry over into this season. But you know, I'm rooting for you for the rest of the season. You also, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a man about it. You also uh, took me down on DraftKings as well this week. So uh, congratulations on that win as well. Be honest, it was a crappy week cash wise because I, I think it was like 120 something. Once the cash along, like everybody, like if you didn't play, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Cash, you probably lost. Like the Ravens, Dolphins, Ravens game went bananas, but that was a great tournament game. I went with, I played, I played cash and lucky I beat you. I won my head to heads and doubles, but it was a bad week scoring wise for cash. Yeah, it was. I mean, I had my Tyree kill, but you matched me with the Amon Ra, and I had a couple goose eggs on my team that really didn't help. Uh, Albert O from Denver got a goose egg. Uh, DJ Chark, you know, the Detroit Lions scored 36 points, but they all went to uh, the guy on your side of the lineup with Amon Ra. So no no love for, D for Chark week, uh, Chark bait. But, you know, it's all right. I I'll get you next week. All right. Thanks for hopping on, Alice. We wish you Dolphins well as they host the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. My Jags are off to uh, SoFi for a week three matchup with Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. So hopefully when we uh, talk next week, we'll be talking a couple more wins. Absolutely. Thank, uh, pleasure being here as always. And, uh, you know, Finn's all the way up this week, Dylan.